We've been walking past a lot of abandoned shops with weird names, uh, particularly auto shops. Extreme Auto, Awesome Auto. Oh, up ahead, I see... Alive Auto? <laughs> Seems pretty dead to me. Ooh. Ooh, um, I guess some things become unfortunately ironic during times like this. <laughs> this is the After Disaster Broadcast, created by J.J. Ranvier. Hello, fellow survivors. I'm broadcasting as we're getting ready to leave the... spaceship? Yeah, another week and another time I'm sad to be leaving another strange and wonderful place that we're staying in. The past few days we've stayed in what can only be described as a spaceship turned into a concert venue, turned into a hideout. It's one of those places that's hard to miss because it's just right in the middle of town, but we only found the non-boarded-up way in with the help of a couple of teenagers that were around. And of course, this was the space that all the fellow queers and punks fled to once everything started going down. They said that the Pride Center got overcrowded fast, so they followed the punks who broke in here. Felix Culpa, considering this is a cool space, and the air is pretty clear in here because of the lack of windows, but it's getting too crowded to stay in here any longer. People seem to be arriving every single day, and they've all claimed seats in the theater as their own space, and it's gotten crowded enough that people are starting to claim the sound booth or the lobby, and even the really uncomfortable benches in the lobby. Everywhere and anywhere that can fit a whole human being. They have... <laughs> they have all these funny survival tips, like make sure to stretch your legs once a day, or... Take a bath if you're feeling stressed, as if any of us have done more than sponge bath in weeks, and let's be real, a sponge bath is a luxury. <laughs> the thing that was a, a real help was that uh, one of them gave us haircuts in exchange for us helping her make a better water purifier, and it feels really nice to have my hair not touching my shoulders, and I think the others are a bit thankful that I asked her. But... To be honest, I just thought she was a real cutie, wanted to talk to her, the hairdresser. <laughs> and even for a second, I thought about asking her to come, but when I told her where we were headed, she looked horrified. So it's just the three of us still, about to leave the spaceship and find this fabled highway once more. Update, it's very different going from a country road with a few abandoned cars to a highway absolutely full of them. Biking the wagon full of supplies has just become nearly impossible. It's awkward, but we've found our ways. Scout keeps trying all the doors on the cars, sometimes without checking if someone or something is inside first. She was having good luck, even managed to jump in a Mustang and start making vroom vroom sounds. I kid you not, 
the woman is unfazed by the idea that someone who owned that car might be, is, well, dead now. And I, just for fun, pulled one door just to see, and of course it was full of rats. A bunch of gosh darn rats just came spilling out of it, like opening a portal to a New York subway. <sighs> and of course, uh, Scout laughed so hard she snorted, and Jian just gave me a look and said, Well done. That's what I get for copying Scout. Oh, um, another weird thing about the highway is there's all these signs, tons of signs for trucker turnoffs and speed signs and a lot of signs for stuff at exits showing that most of these towns find McDonald's or a trailer park to be an actual attraction. And probably one of my favorites so far was this old church billboard where after God, or it said God is, some nihilist graffitied dead. Hard to argue with that one, consider- Oh, oh, I almost forgot the best part. On the other side of the church billboard was an ad for an adult store. Don't want to stop at that one. The weird thing was, uh, one side made Jihun, our fearless, forward-leaning leader, stop right in her tracks. It was a sign for the airport. Just an exit sign for someone to turn off here to get to the highway, to the local airport that claims it's international because it flies to Canada once a month. Jihun just stopped and stared at it the same way I used to stare at the artisan cheese counter when I was between paychecks. Scout came up and poked her in the arm when she decided enough was enough, and good thing, because I was too scared to do it. Jihun just walked away without explanation, but I would normally drop that, but after several, several near-death incidents and one sinking of periods, I am done waiting for explanations. Scout doesn't call me chicken for nothing, so I went through several mental spirals before I barely managed a... Uh, what was that about? <laughs> I honestly thought she wouldn't answer, or give me a few-word answer, or whatever. But she considered it for a moment, a long moment, before saying, I used to be a pilot before this, and she did a hand-waving motion at the ashen orange scenery. In fact, I was flying a plane when we got the announcement that we had to land immediately. I saw my usual Chicago to New York when... And as I'm hanging on her every word, Scout interrupted with something that was not important at all. Okay, it was kind of important. Uh, Scout said she was tired and... Honestly, we were all tired, so we decided to go find some place to stay. But still, still the timing. <clears throat> so we get off the highway and start walking across this big patch of grass when Scout was like, This is the third goddamn golf course I've seen. Why did these rich buttholes need so many damn golf courses anyway? D no idea, so I didn't give an answer. I was wondering too. But Scout keeps going with, You Yankees with your lame sports. Don't let me in with the so, so, location update, G and I are following Scout, uh, as she started with just kicking up grass and muttering about how dumb golf is, and then she had the idea in her words to finally mess up a rich person's day like she'd always wanted to do, 
So she is, to the best of her abilities, uh, vandalizing a golf course. And I, I guess we're just watching and... Oh! 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 D oh! Scout! Oh! Ah! Location update? Uh... Funeral home? I'll... I'll explain. But let me just say, we're alive. All of us are alive. Just not everyone in this place is alive? Oh, I'm making it so much worse. Let me just tell you what all happened. So, Scout went sprinting onto the golf course with the glee that I have not seen from a sober person ever, or at least in ages. And I thought for a hot second about joining her, because she seemed to be having a good time. And then Jihyun sighed, and I thought twice. Not that her opinion matters more than other people's. She's just smart. That's all. Uh, anyway, <laughs> will you watch Scout as she started messing stuff up? Kicking up grass, tossing around sand from sand pits, kicking around some dirt, and kicking down some still-standing flags. She even took one and broke it over her knee with a little bit of a dramatic yell, if I'm gonna be honest. Before going after her, Jihoon was like, if I didn't owe her, and then didn't finish the sentence and marched over while shaking her head, of course. But she didn't get there in time. Scout... Being Scout took it one step too far, and after tearing up one of the fields, she was like, I've got one last thing I gotta do, and pulled her pants down and went to squat, and when I realized, yep, she went there and pooped on it. Jihyun and I looked away after she dropped Trow near her chosen hole, and then immediately looked back when Scout started screaming and cursing, because no matter how bad MREs make bowel movements, none of them have made me yell. Maybe made me moan and groan and miss the days of being able to run a faucet to not so cleverly cover the sound, but yeah. Scout was flipping out, and we turned to see after she pulled up her pants and started pointing, and we saw that where she was about to drop the dookie, in a hole, she spotted another hole. Another bigger hole, one that would be typically about six feet deep. Yeah, yeah nothing cures constipation like a quick scare, right? I closed the di distance between us, and Scout and I got into a no-you-do-it fight about who would go and check and see if the body was in the hole, and Jihun got sick of it and just went and checked. No body. So I realized... Worse than finding a body was not finding a body, because where is the body? Did it leave? I didn't sign up for a zombie apocalypse. Well, I didn't sign up for an apocalypse in general. But anyway, Scout and I go from bickering about who's going to go look at it to if we should go looking for it. And my answer was, Fark, no, because I am a reasonable human being who's seen enough zombie films. Our argument that I was totally winning was interrupted by a golf cart pulling up. Like an actual working golf cart. And I briefly was like, how do they charge it? Is it gas powered? All that stuff. And then I noticed something more important, that there was a body bag in the back of the golf cart and that they were using the golf cart as a hearse. <laughs> 
Uh, so, of course, Jihoon got the shotgun and Scout zipped up her fly and started reaching for her axes. But then, then, I figured out what was going on, or at least some of it, because I pointed behind them and saw that there was a small funeral procession following the cart. Slow moving, too, because it turned out to be almost entirely composed of small, shambling, elderly people. But, yeah, so that answered the why, but not the who or the thousands of hows. Uh, the driver parked the cart by the hole, and it wasn't until she hopped out that she saw us. She started unzipping the bag and was very casually like, You're late, you missed the viewing. And I said we didn't know the guy, and she said, Oh shrugged and stopped caring about us and just kept unzipping the body bag and hefting the body out of the back. The body of a guy who hit the age and look where you can't really tell 60 from 90. He was skinny but not gaunt like the students. So I started wondering how he died but then kind of felt weird asking. Jihan asked if he was the driver's grandfather and the driver just said no. That's it. I can't believe there is a woman of less words than Jihoon. And then I guess... I think the only good word for it is nonchalantly. She nonchalantly tossed the body into the grave on the golf course. And so, of course, we all just stared. Even Jihoon raised her eyebrows and crossed her arms. We were all stopped by the just complete, utter strangeness of this whole burial. We stopped and stared for a little bit too long because the funeral procession ended up catching up with us. And it just, it felt rude to walk away from such a small party, especially one of a bunch of people crying. And even though we were, they were strangers, we stood there awkwardly, and accidentally crashed a funeral. Hmm. Though, no one really seemed to mind. The funeral goers were just crying and, and ignored us during the entire eulogy. And I guess the best word would, for her would be funeral director. Just seemed intrigued by us. Uh, increasingly so. Sneaking a couple glances particularly at Scout. That's how we're here, the result of the funeral director's intrigue. We try to subtly leave the small funeral, but it's sort of like trying to leave your co-worker's party where only five people politely showed up. It just doesn't work. But Scout got distracted when she heard someone mention about pie after the funeral, and that's when the director jumped on it. Why don't you all come over for a bit? The most I'd heard her say. And when G and I didn't jump on the funeral bandwagon, she said, You're confused. Come over to the funeral home and I'll explain over a slice of funeral pie. Well, nothing makes me compliant like an official offer of food. Particularly when it's something I've been actually wanting to try after hearing about it on one of the various episodes of Weird Like Me. I love the idea of food, any kind of food that's centered around death. Well, um, except for 
anything with cannibalism or meat pie. You know what I mean. Personal update. I think I built it up in my head a little bit too much. Because honestly, I wouldn't have called this funeral pie. Just sad raisin pie. A funeral is a celebration of a life. And the, the life of these grapes could have been used for something, anything better. Even like wine or, I don't know, stuff to throw at performers who are bad. Well, I ate it anyway. Pretty sure we wouldn't be running into any sort of bakery anytime soon. Oh god, but I do miss croissants. Oh, so the mortician lady in the golf cart took us to a pretty unassuming building with a sign for Pinin Funeral Home. Pinin. Okay. Well, unassuming except for the gigantic clock on the outside. And I'm super glad I wasn't the only one who noticed it. Scout leaned over and whispered, Tick tock till death, right? <laughs> Is that a thing for funeral homes to have big, weird, ominous clocks? The mortician set us up in a dining room that was on the second floor, so kind of away from all the other funeral goers, and promised to return after checking on the party, and so left us kind of awkwardly waiting and still without an explanation, and then a doppelganger of hers, somehow still more grim than the other one, wanders through the dining room and then doubles back because she's just as confused as we are. And then, of course, the mortician comes back and starts trying to explain everything. The sister, who I was right to presume was the sister, left, and the dining room started getting a little bit more cozy. Uh, we learned that the original mortician's name was Mary, and that despite being short on words and her subdued speech, she was definitely the more friendly one of the two sisters. So, things were cozy, and with the name exchange, and heck, even the mediocre pie, the slow, inevitable process of us all opening up and talking about ourselves started. <laughs> it's amazing how even mediocre food can make people let their guard down. And bit by bit, we gave information about ourselves and learned about this strange woman. So we found out Mary lives here, above the funeral home with her sister, Annabelle, the grim one. Over the pie, she explained that her father originally owned the home and, and had been in their family for generations. She hadn't planned to take it over ever, but her father had been in the San Francisco earthquakes and that was it. She was helping out her mother, who ended up going the way that widows go. I'm dying right after her spouse, that is. She mentioned that she had been planning to be a doctor, not a funeral director. So I was even going to get up the, the guts to ask why she was still doing it when the question, in a way, answered itself. Annabelle returned to bring up one of the funeral attendees. The attendee looked close to the dead guy's age and... She grabbed Mary's hand and very, very sincerely thanked her. The grieving woman distracted me right before I was going to ask about the graveyards and the golf carts. Mary turned the conversation right back onto us and asked us where we were when we found out. 
I want to blame the pie, but this woman works with the most vulnerable. Of course she got us talking. I told them about getting interrupted by the emergency broadcast, scout about how she got bits and pieces as she went along, missing a lot of it with the bad self-service on the trail, and then even Ji-hyun joined in. I have been dying to know the rest. Crap. I'm to say that in a funeral home? Uh, well, I I have killed... Uh, I'm getting in my head about this. For the second, second time that day, it wasn't some one word or, or even single sentence answer. Well, I mean, of course, it started out that way with a, I was flying. But then after a pause, agonizingly long pause, she elaborated. I was flying when I got the signal that all flights had been grounded because of a volcano eruption. I had heard about this happening. The last time was when there was an eruption in Iceland and grounded planes everywhere. I assumed it was a volcano elsewhere, or even in Hawaii or Mexico. I was doing my usual flight from Chicago to New York and then back. All usual, but we were grounded in a little place outside of New York City and we never got back up. We were stunned. No, well, I was stunned. Just stunned, absolutely stupefied into silence. Scouty didn't even answer immediately. Mary nodded as if she had been expecting that sort of answer, though I guess those well-versed in grief have heard everything. Scout broke the silence, of course, as always, with a, that's cool, you were a pilot. Jihan was like, I am. I could still fly a plane. A uh, bit of a steal in her voice, but I get that response. But broadcasting on a ham radio doesn't make me still a radio host, right? But we hold on to what we hold on to. I just... I'd never asked, never thought she would answer, but now I know why she's headed home too. Oh, um, as for where we're calling home for the night, we are sleeping in the funeral home. Not in coffins. Oh, we are just sleeping in the spare bedroom above the funeral home. The funeral sisters were kind enough to let us stay here, but yeah, there was a it was it was not just a free thing. That was the reason for the interest and in scout and the pie. Mary eventually got to proposing we stay the night in exchange for helping with Digging some graves. If her and Annabelle are the only ones doing it, I can see why she'd be so interested in some people below the age of 60. The exchange makes sense, but we're maintaining patrol so that we're not... Oh, oh, um... Hi, uh, sorry, um... So, personal update... That was the other sister, Annabelle. She showed up as I was wandering the halls, of course, mid-broadcast, and she was checking because she heard me wandering around and wasn't used to hearing footsteps upstairs. I tried, tried being the keyword here, to make a joke about her coming up to make sure I wasn't an escaped corpse or a sudden zombie. Uh, she just stone-faced me. 
I can't believe Mary the shitty pie maker is the cool... Fun... Nice one. The, the nice one. She slow blinked at me as if she didn't have the energy or even humor to manage a sarcastic slow clap. Then she was like, I'm going down to check on some of the bodies for tomorrow. And started to head back downstairs. And as she was, she said, You coming? Thank you for listening to the After Disaster broadcast. This was written and produced by J.J. Ronvier. The voice of Joe Prendergast is J.J. Ronvier. The outro person is me, Caitlin Robb. Our technical engineer is Colin Vodier. Enjoyed the podcast? So did we. Subscribe to keep listening to us and leave us a nice review on iTunes. It really helps. In return, email us at theafterdisasterbroadcast at gmail.com that you did and we will send you one of our rad stickers as a thank you. Not a bribe, just encouragement. As extra encouragement, we started reading out some of our favorite reviews, like this review from Isaiah. Has great format, voice actor, plot, and setting. It's truly unique. Thanks. To support Joe and her journey to Chicago, please check us out at patreon.com slash theafterdisasterbroadcast where you can get bonus content for supporting us with your money. Some of our supporters include patrons like Eric Pinnanen. For more on the broadcast and surviving the apocalypse, check us out on Twitter at AfterDisasterBC or on any media that makes you feel social in this wasteland. And now, we leave you with this. Survival tip. Always bring a blowtorch to a snowball fight. Some of our supporters include patrons like Eric (laughs) (laughs) Pinnanen. Let's try it one more time. Pinnanen. 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 Okay. Some of our supporters include Peyton 